Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, August the 17th, 2022. It is currently 1.14 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, we are in the process of creating the most comprehensive Bible study method ever put together by human beings. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top. Maybe I need to pull out my old dramatic intro music, right? That epic intro music that we used to use. We used it for our 30, 30 days and 30, I can't, 30 days, 30 scriptures and 30 days. Remember that series? And we had the epic intro music. Maybe we need the epic intro music, right? And then I can come in and go, welcome to a podcast series where we attempt to put together the most comprehensive, the greatest, the best Bible study method ever imagined by man. Dun, 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 dun. And then play the intro again. Play it at the beginning. Play it after I say that. Just just keep playing the epic music. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top. All right, but in all honesty, I'm trying to be as honest as I can. Honestly, we are trying to put together a very comprehensive method of Bible study that anyone can utilize so that they will actually study the Bible themselves, actually be involved in the handling and dividing of God's word rightly and correctly, and then hopefully benefit, benefiting from it greatly because it is through the word of God that the man of God is thoroughly furnished unto every good work. It is the word of God that keeps you from being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. It is the word of God that is your spiritual food that helps you grow. The goal is to actually get you into the study of God's word. But you can't just tell people, study the Bible. They've got to know how to study the Bible. So we are giving you a comprehensive method. Now, so far, we've done an overview. And just so that you understand, this method really is four separate methods that we're, in a sense, uniting together to help you study a book of the Bible. All right. We've, I've taught you methods on how to study a chapter, how to study a passage. There's a, how to study a topic, how to study a theme, how to study a biography or, or a, a person in the Bible doing a biographical study. I've taught you all these different methods, but this one is how to actually comprehensively study a book of the Bible in a way that hopefully would have a profound impact on your spiritual life. That is what we're trying to do. So here's what we've done so far. I've done an overview of the four methods. Then we ent- we got ready to begin. Uh, well, we began by doing what is known as the book background method. Now, this is very important. Before you ever open a book of the Bible, before you ever read it, before you ever attempt in any way, shape, or form to understand it, interpret it, or apply it, you have to study the background of the book. I like you to think of this. I like you to see every book of the Bible 
as a portal that you step into and it transports you somewhere else. But it's going to transport you somewhere back in time, thousands of years. It's going to take you to a different culture, a different place, people who speak a different language, different political structure, different cultural things, different everything, different religion, different morality, different ideologies, different everything. So when you before you step into this portal, you've got to have some kind of background about where you're going. What 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 because if not, you're going to step through the portal and you're going to look around and you're going to be like, "Wait, wait. What wait, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't understand that." Sadly though, the average Christian steps through the portal and go, "Oh, this is all about me. This is all for me. Let me grab this, I'll apply this." I'll apply, apply that. I'll use this to condemn that person. I'll, and we just immediately act like it's just that, that forget that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's far removed from everything we know and understand. We just act like that we've got it all down. We've got it all. We, it makes perfect sense. And we just start really ripping things out of context, tearing things apart and misusing it, mishandling it and not rightly dividing the word of truth. The only way we can even have hope of ever studying the Bible correctly, every book is a portal that you're going to step into a different world and you need as much background information about that world so that when you step into it, listen, you show some kind of respect to those people, to that time, to what was going on, to what was actually intended by the words that were written to a specific people in a specific time. But you've got to know all of that background. So the first step in our comprehensive Bible study method is a book background study. And in the last episode, I taught you how to do the book background study, right? Just think of it. It's a portal. Before you step into, so in other words, think of the book as a portal. Before you read it, before you teach it, before you apply it, before you do anything, you need to know the background of the book, of, of the world you're going to step into, right? Now, after you know that background information, then you can go ahead and open your Bible, and in a sense, you're stepping into the portal. But as soon as you step into the portal, as soon as you step into the portal, you look around, you're like, okay, wow, all right, okay, new place, new time, new everything. What should I do? Well, before you start walking around aimlessly, before you start just walking around getting lost and confused, here's what I think you should do. You should take off your backpack. I know you don't realize this, but in your backpack, it's a drone with an ultra high def camera. And so what you're going to do, you're going to launch the drone and you're going to do a survey of this new land. You're going to do a survey of this new world. You're going to do a survey of this new culture. You're going to do a survey. Because if you don't do a survey, you're going to wander around and you may see one thing. You may get, you may get so preoccupied why, with specific things that you miss everything about this new place you have entered into. Every book is a portal. Before you step into the portal, you need the background about where you're going. The second you open the book, right? 
Isaiah, boom. Okay, okay, I just stepped through the portal. Now I'm in the time of Isaiah. What's going on? Wait, is it the northern kingdom, southern kingdom? Is Okay, wait, is, are they in exile to Babylonian captivity? Not in exile to Babylonian captivity. Wait, who is this king? Wait, why is this person doing this? Who are these people? What's going on? Okay, I've got to have some background information. So I get there going, okay, I know what's going on. I know where we are. I got an idea. But as soon as you step into Isaiah, you can immediately just start getting preoccupied with, oh, look at that. Look at that. In a sense, look at that verse. Look at that verse. Look at that word. No, 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 no. Stay right where you are. Take the backpack off. Grab the drone. Launch the drone. And you're going to do a survey, an overview. You're going to do an overview. Today, I am going to teach you the book survey method of Bible study. You've learned the book background. That's really step one in this comprehensive method of Bible study. Step two is the book survey. So think of each book as a portal. You get the background before you step in. Once you step in, you launch the drone to get the survey, to get the overview. Because if you don't, I'm telling you, you're going to get lost. You're going to, in a sense, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to miss the forest because of all the trees. You're going to walk in and go, well, look at that tree. Look at that tree. Look at that rock. And, and you're going to miss it. You need the overview. So now that you have the overview, you'll know how to kind of navigate your way through this new world and this new thing. I'm really trying to push this illustration to try to make it make as much sense as possible. You may not like the illustration, but it, and I think it works. I, I think it, it helps you grasp what I'm trying to do here. All right, so the, each book is a portal, background study before you step in. Once you step into the portal, now you're in the world, but you can miss the whole world because you're getting all focused on everything, all the smaller details. And a lot of people do that, right? They'll, they'll get into a book and it's all of a sudden everyone's arguing about this one little detail. I'm like, I think you're missing the point of the book. We're here arguing over this one verse. There's, there's an entire book here. Now, sometimes we've got to argue about that verse, but that comes later in the study. Right now, we need to launch the drone and do the survey. So a book survey study. A book survey study. If you heard that sound, that was me dropping a box of pencils, okay? A book survey study involves gaining a sweeping overview of an entire book of the Bible. It is taking a skyscraper look or a telescopic view of a book by reading it through several times, right? Then we ask a series basically of questions and then we put everything together. Now, let me say this quickly. If you if you know that I've been teaching Bible study methods now basically my entire Christian life. I, I learned 12 methods of Bible study within the first, I think it was six weeks, maybe, maybe the first four or five months of my Christian life. I did, I was like, I, I want to know how to study the Bible. I want to know how to study the Bible. And everybody would be like, read it, highlight it, underline it. It was just like this nonsense. I'm like, I need to know how to study. So I, I, I basically got frustrated with everyone. Went to the local, the Bible bookstore on Butternut Street in Abilene, Texas. I walked in and in the bargain bin, there was a book and it was like, I literally, it was like 25 cents. I like, literally, they were just basically giving it away. 
methods of Bible study. And I'm like, what? 25 cents. Here you go. Took that thing home. Boom. Changed my life. And it basically started from that moment anywhere. Hey, 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 you want to learn how to study the Bible? Hey, come here. You want to, hey, hey, you want to study the Bible? I got 12 methods. Come on, come on, come on. I was like, come here, come here, come here. 12 methods. And everybody was just like, leave me alone. Okay. And then later on in life, every chance I got, you get to teach Sunday school. Boom. 12 methods of Bible study. You get to preach. Boom. 12 methods of Bible study. Yeah. And, uh, Yeah, and I think for the most part, nobody has ever cared, but I've done everything I can to try to give these methods. But I say all of that to say, if you've ever heard me teach this method, you know what's getting ready to happen. It's not going to be taught the way I've taught it before. I'm always modifying the methods. I'm always changing the methods because I'm always utilizing the methods in some way, shape, or form. I, I've, I have kind of a hybrid methods that I, like I have these methods and then I create hybrids of it, kind of mutated versions of it because you're always wanting to improve the method. You always want to be able to modify the method, tweak the method so that it is the most effective and efficient it can be and helping you listen, study the Bible, study the text. So much of the Christian life is listening to others tell us what it says reading what others tell us that it says. Study the text, all right? So we've done the book background. Today is all about the book survey. We're going to gain a sweeping, a telescopic view of the book. And this is mainly going to be done, and I know, I've got to say this, by reading it. (gasps) What? You want me to read? I know. I know. Let let me give you a little hint. If you're a Christian, you kind of, you kind of are a part of a religion where God's revelation has been placed in written form, right? We, We, no matter how much we want to get around this, Christianity is right here in the pages of the Bible and it's in a written form. You gotta, you're gonna have to read it. You're gonna have to read it if you care at all. But a lot of people, and I can't say this is always the case, but my experience has been it's the Christian men in many cases who don't wanna study and don't wanna read, and it's the women who, man, you give them a Bible study method, they're like, give me, give me 15 notebooks and let's go. And it's the men like, not gonna read it. Not gonna do it. I don't know why I'm trying to place a, an, an, a, some kind of accent to their, their words, but sometimes it, it really comes across that way. I don't know why. Most of the time, Christian men just get mad when I point this out, but there's some truth to it. Now, I'm not gonna say it's a, it's a dogmatic rule, but it just sometimes seems that way. But yeah, you're going to have to read. You're going to have to read. Now, why are we going to do a survey method? I kind of already given you a good illustration to why, but let's just let's just see if we can gain a little bit more reason to why. We should all know that the Bible is 66 different books compiled under one cover or are collected together under one cover. Each book is unique, has an important message, The book survey method is a practical way to master the general contents of a single book. I would challenge you 
Like we, we could, if I was doing this in front of a live audience, this is where I would say, everyone grab their Bibles, look at the table of contents. All right. Okay. Just close your eyes, point at one. All right. Name the book. Great. All right. Give me, give me an overview. Just give me a simple summary of the general contents of the book. Go. First six chapters. What are they about? What's the middle five about? What's the last two? What, what's, give me the general. And most of the time they'll, they'll, um, well, mm, mm. now sometimes, sometimes you'll have someone like, boom, 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 boom. And you're like, okay, wow. All right. You, you actually are reading and studying, but a lot of people just, they're like, I don't, well, I kind of know a little bit. No, you need to know the general contents. You need to be, I know, let me take that back. Correction, edit. You don't need to know it. You need to master the contents. It's the word of God. It should be one of your highest priorities. So this is why you do it. You should do it so that you can master the contents of a general understanding of the contents of the book. Now, doing a book survey as the first part of an analysis and synthesis helps reveal how each part of the book is related to the other parts. Now, remember, we're doing, ours is a four-step four step Bible study method. Number one is the book background method, which has its own steps. Number two is the book survey. Then we're going to do a, a book analysis, and then we're going to do a book synthesis study. The survey really is the first part of the analysis and the synthesis. And the reason we do this is now you can see how all how each part of the book is related to the other parts. Many verses that are hard to understand become clear when seen in a larger context of the book. And uh, and, and the place of a verse and a book is often key to understanding uh, what, what it is trying to say. Sometimes knowing where a verse is, what's going on, the more you know about the bigger picture, the more you can understand about the smaller detail. The more you grasp of the bigger picture, the more you can understand of the smaller detail. The less you understand of the bigger picture, more, more than likely you're going to misunderstand the smaller detail. You've got to have the bigger picture before you can even hope. You've got to know the background and the overview of the book before you can touch the verses. Doing a book survey reveals the proper emphasis of each point in the book. It keeps the study of God's word balanced, lessening the possibility of overemphasizing or minimizing any one point. Think about it. Most cults and heresies have arisen throughout history when people overemphasize some verse and build a whole theology on a few verses taken out of context and ignoring much of the rest of God's revelation. We've got to have a, we got to have an over. So here we start with the background. That's book background. Now we go to book survey and we give an overview of the contents of the book so that we are preparing ourselves to understand the smaller details in the book. All right. Does, does that make sense? I'm, I'm just assuming that everyone everywhere right now is like, yes, I got it. I got it. Okay, good. All right. Now, here are the tools you're going to need. For the most part, I, I, I think I'm going, I think, 
I think I'm going to be pretty dogmatic about this. I may modify this as we go through this. All right. Okay, good. Someone says it makes sense so far. Okay, great. I'm going to argue, and I've taught this so many different ways, for the book survey portion, especially because we're placing, if we were placing this as its own standalone method, I would probably teach this in a different way. But because we're, you've done the book background, right? Now you're doing the book survey. I'm going to argue you only need basically three tools. All right? Basically three tools. You need a Bible. Now listen to me. It cannot be a study Bible. It cannot be a study Bible. You want absolutely no notes in the Bible you're going to use for the book survey. You're surveying, listen, you're surveying the Bible. You're surveying the text. You're surveying the book. You're surveying everything that's found in it. You're not surveying what MacArthur said, what R.C. Sproul said, what whoever study Bible you're using. I don't care. You're, you're not surveying that. And once your survey turns into someone else's notes, I'm sorry, it's over. You're, you're no longer studying the Bible. You're studying what someone said about the Bible. You need a Bible literally with no notes, none zero, nothing other than text. And those Bibles are usually relatively cheap. I will argue that I think you need a physical Bible. I know this goes against a lot of uh, concepts here. Here's my thinking. We spend forever and hours and hours a day looking at a screen, looking at our phone, looking at a tablet. I think when it's Bible study time, we've got to break We've got to kind of, we've got to, we've got to break, have a break in our mind that tells us we're about to do something different. I, I, I wouldn't maybe have been as dogmatic about this early on, but I know, I know people use their, their phones and for their Bible and for so many things. But I just think sometimes when it comes to God's word, we need something that distinguishes it, makes it separate, makes it different. And right now, the only way to really make it different is placing the phone down and picking up a physical Bible. So I would say a physical Bible with no notes. That's tool number one. Tool number two, it's a pencil. It's a pencil. Now, of course, I know everyone starts laughing and mocking me. I, I, I know I make a big deal about pencils, but I do so really for the symbolic significance of writing with an instrument that basically screams at you, you're not perfect. You don't know everything because you see the one end of the pencil, that's the lead that I write with. And on the other side, it's an eraser. And that eraser says, you're going to have to erase because you don't know everything. You make mistakes. I know it's just symbolism, but I love the symbolism. When I pick up a pencil and I get ready to do Bible study, I know that I don't know everything. It, it just To me, as soon as I pick up the pencil, it tells me, look, you don't know everything, you don't have it all figured out, and you're probably going to have to erase 175 times because that's your whole Christian life. You've demonstrated you don't know everything, you make a million mistakes, you need an eraser, all right? So that, that that's just me, but a pencil. And then you need a notebook. You need a notebook. 
typically when I teach this, I would give you other tools, but I'm going to try to keep you away. I'm going to do my best in this, in this case to keep you away from every other tool. I'm going to try. The, for the book survey, when it's grouped together to create this comprehensive method of Bible study with the background, with the analysis, and with the synthesis methods, when it's grouped together, I don't want you necessarily using any tools for the sor- survey portion. Now, you're, you're, you, as, I may have to make an exception here, but I'm going to do everything I can. I may, I may start modifying this as I'm teaching it. But I think the survey is, a, is trying to keep you away from all the tools. You just need a place to sit, a Bible, a notebook, and a pencil. All right? Are you ready? There, there we go. I, I've got, I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm, I got paragraph on, paragraphs on tools here. I have a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven books. I have eleven books that I was going to suggest, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to skip all of that. We're going to skip all of that. That's and I, I almost the minute when I went live, I started thinking I'm going to change. I'm going to change the tools portion. I think I'm going to change the tools portion. So then I'm like, I can give myself extra time in the beginning by trying to really drive home this illustration because the 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 tools was going to take a long time to work through. All right. Okay. Here we go. Simple steps. Should I call these simple steps? Let's just call them steps on doing a survey Bible study method. This is the book survey method. We've done the book background. This is the book survey method. Here we go. Step number one. Read. Now, in reality, this is basically all the steps. This may get a little confusing, so stay with me here. Right? You got you to gotta stay with me here. Now, this first step may seem completely obvious. It may seem foolish to even say. It may seem redundant. But I believe that many Christians spend most of their time reading about the Bible, spend most of their time listening to others talk about the Bible, and very little time actually reading the text. I think we spend a lot of time listening to people talk about the text, reading what others say about the text, but not a lot of time actually in the text. Now, remember, the whole way I'm trying to build this illustration is before you step in, remember, the, each book is a portal. Before you step book, before you step foot into the portal, you need to know the background. Now that you're there, I want you spending time actually, I don't want you to come back out of the portal so that you can look, go listen to what someone else says. I want you spending time in, you just went through a portal. You just got transported to a different world, a different, a, a different world, a different time, a different place, a different language, a, a different world. You get the idea. A different, a completely re- thousands of years removed from you. I want you to spend time there. It's almost like, Hey, I'm going to get on a cruise ship and we're going to go to Cozumel. All right. Oh, wow. Beautiful beaches. Beautiful. I mean, all, oh, oh, the, the cave there with the, with the water. Uh, there are so many different things in Cozumel. That's just awesome. Right. But it would be like, okay, I'm on this cruise ship. 
All right. Boom. Okay. All right. Hey, we're, we're, we're at our, we're at the port. Okay. Today is all of your excursions, excursions. Okay. And you get ready to get off the boat and you're like, wow, look at Cozumel. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I'll be right back. And you run back to your, uh, back onto the boat. You get on the elevator, you go back to your cabin and you close the door and you sit down and you open a book. I'm like, I'm going to read about Cozumel. I was like, no, Cozumel is right there. It's right there. No, I'm just going to stay in my room and read about it. But Cozumel is right there. No, I'm going to read about it. It's much better to read about it. But that's how we do the Bible. We, we're like, okay, I'm going to study the Bible. And we step into the portal. Oh, look, I'm in Isaiah. Look, it's Ezekiel. Look, whatever. And then we're like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, guys, I'll be back. I'm going to go read commentaries and I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do everything else, but actually spend time in the book. And then I'm going to pat myself on the back going, I studied the Bible. No, you did not. You studied things about the Bible. You're not so many people just when it's like, do a book survey. Okay. Well, I've got a survey of the new Testament. I'll read what they say. That's not book survey. Book survey study is not you reading someone else's survey of the book. Look, and I trust me, I know every school I went to, because every school I went to, I wouldn't transfer credits. I always wanted to start back over, right? So I'd go to one school, then go to another school, not transfer credits. I'm going to start over because I wanted to learn. But sometimes it would get frustrating. Like how many times do I have to take new and old, old and new Testament survey, old and new Testament survey? Oh, now it didn't take long for me to realize, you know what? I'm being, I'm being foolish because every time I take it, I learn something new and I learn something different. But the point is you, well, you always get, a, you get, you get your textbook, right? You get your survey yeah, and it's some survey, Jensen's survey, whoever survey. And it's like, I've read all of those surveys. I can read 50 Old Testament and New Testament surveys. You know what that means? That I haven't done one survey, but you read 50 of other people's surveys. I haven't done a survey until I do the survey method. So don't be the person who's on a cruise ship with Cozumel, Mexico right there. And they're in the room with all the lights off going, I'm going to read a book about Cozumel. Well, don't be the person like, oh, I've got a Bible, but I never read the Bible because I read everything about the Bible. Stop it. Okay, please. All right. Does that, does that make sense? So we're going to read. We're going to read. We're going to read. That's what we're going to do in this survey method of Bible study. But I, I'm going to read. I've got to restate this again. As you read, don't, I don't want you to have any, I don't want you to have a tool anywhere near you. And I do not want you holding a study Bible. Right? If you do this method with the study Bible, it's just, you know what? Don't even pretend that you're doing this method. Okay? Now, I've got to enter, I've got to stress this. This is really step one, but within this step, you're going to be reading the Bible multiple times. So it may feel like, wait, so what's the step? The step is read, but in this step, you're going to read the book of the Bible you're studying multiple times. Now, this is typically where most people like, that's it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, which is just, 
It's frightening to me when you have God's people basically say, I'm not going to do your Bible study method because it requires me reading a book of the Bible too many times. Well, then I, I mean, I look, I know we're all messed up. Look, I know we're all sinners. I know, I know that none of us have it together. I understand that. But for crying out loud, reading a book of the Bible is where you draw the line. Hey, not going to do Bible study because you want me to actually read it multiple times. And and I've had that same thing told to me about the chapter summary method. You got to read it five times. Nope, not going to do it. Okay, well, you know what? I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I just at that point, you just get frustrated. But you, all you can do is just, pres- all you can do is hand people the methods. If they want to throw them in the trash on the way out, they can. But a lot of people throw this one in the trash right here. And I, it really, 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 really bothers me. But, but I understand everyone's got their own issues. I just don't, I guess for me, I don't have an issue with reading. Other people do. So it's easy for me to be judgmental against other people's lack of wanting to read where, where I strive in this area. And they could be very condemning of where I'm weak. I would say this. It is though, even though I try to understand and not be condemning, it's kind of sad when God's people don't want to read God's word. And if you look at all the studies and surveys, Christians don't. So that, and if you don't read, well, I don't think you're ever going to study because reading involves studying. All right, here we go. We're going to read through a number of times. I'm taking a little bit of, I know I'm taking a long time here, but I just really want to, there's so many principles I'm trying to get, to get you. All right, here we go. Simple steps for doing a survey study. Step number one is read. You're going to read it multiple times. And we're going to break down each time you read it because you're going to be doing something different each and every time. Reading number one. This is reading number one. I do not want you to have a pencil in your hand. I do not want you to have a notebook in your hand. I don't want you to have anything in your hand except a Bible. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to read through the book in one sitting, except maybe for the Psalms, the, which is the longest book in the Bible, or maybe Isaiah. Most of, most of these books can be read in one sitting without too much difficulty. For those super longer ones, at least break it down to no more than two sittings. All right? So try to read it through in one sitting, no more than two. Why do I want you to read it in one? Because I, the goal is a survey, right? And if you're breaking it down, like I'm going to take a week to read through this book. No, 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 no. In one sitting, I want you to see the flow, the natural flow of it. And you cannot see that, feel that, experience that unless you read it in one sitting. No more than two. So if it's a super long one, you can break it down to two. Maybe the Psalms, you can break it down to three, okay? So I will say the Psalms, three settings, right? The everything else, no more than two. But try to read it in one sitting. Straight through, right? Please try that. Please try that, okay? For example, Isaiah, you could read verses one through, or verses, chapters one through 39 at one sitting, and then Isaiah 40 through 66 in the second sitting, all right? You will be amazed at what you see in scripture when you do this, because nobody ever does this. But when you do it this way, you're kind of like, boom, like, whoa, Okay, wow, 
I kind of get the big picture now. Remember, this is you launching the drone right over, and you're gonna go, you're gonna fly over this new, this whole new culture and everything. One sitting, it you'll stay. It's just amazing how how all of a sudden you'll see things maybe for the first time, but you're seeing the big picture, right? No, Psalm three sittings, Isaiah two, but most books one. And if you can pull those other ones off and win, I know you're like, but you don't know how busy I am. Look, I understand. This is not necessarily going to be an easy assignment. Now, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be using this in the, in the weeks to come for very short books. We're going to be doing it for the minor prophets. So it, it's going to work together for some of the minor prophets. So it's going to be easy for you there. But in a larger book, I mean, most people don't ever have probably never read many books of the Bible in one sitting. Think of how many books you have read in one sitting. And just think of what you're missing. Next, read through the book rapidly. All right, so this is still the first reading. This is still the first reading. So in the first reading, you're going you're gonna, to uh, read through the book in one sitting. Secondly, you're going to read through the book rapidly, ignoring chapter divisions. Just try to completely ignore chapter divisions. Remember that the chapter divisions and verses were not in the original. They were added much later for convenience. Right now, your purpose is to get the flow of the book and feel the pulse of the writer. Do not be concerned with the details at this stage. Don't get, you're just reading. This is just the most relaxed, laid back, have something to drink and just read. Just boom, just read. One sitting, just read. You don't even, don't even pause for chapter divisions. Just blow past. Don't even worry about numbers, like the verses, chapters. You're just reading it. Okay. Just you, you don't have to stop. You don't have to go, well, what does that mean? I don't understand that. Who is that? Where? All of your questions, no questions, okay? Don't even think, just read. Just just drink it in. Just breathe it in. Just just live in it. Just Just walk through it, okay? Just do not do anything but just read it, all right? So read it in one setting. Just read through it rapidly. I think it's very important. Now, I'm going to just repeat this just quickly. Read the, the book without referring to commentaries or any notes. In fact, this is very important for this kind of third point here. Read it in a Bible that has none of your notes in it. You say, well, what should I do? I would argue every time you're going to do one of the book survey studies, if you've ever read, if you write in your Bible, highlight in your Bible, you got to get a new Bible. That's, that's what I would say. Because when you read through a Bible that has notes and markings, your eyes go to those notes. Your eyes go to those markings. They go to what you've highlighted. They go to what you've outlined. You, you don't want, you don't want to see anything but the text. I think you're getting the point here. I want you to see the text. Nothing else. All right. So uh, the first step is we're reading it. Okay, we're going to read it multiple times. Reading number one is you're reading through the book in one setting. Number two, for reading number or for reading number one, you're reading through it rapidly. Next, you're reading it without referring to any commentaries and a Bible with literally no notes. Next, 
read through the book prayerfully. What do I mean by prayerfully? If you just, as you're reading, if you see something that you're like, just anything you can talk to God about, Lord, I I am convicted by this. Lord, I don't understand this. Lord, this kind of makes me upset. Lord, this really makes me angry. Just, just reading and almost like you're reading and having a conversation at the same time. You're reading and you're speaking to God about his word. Just in a natural, you know, look, this is nothing you have to write down. Just, I just want you talking to God as you're reading through it. Oh, Lord, wow, that story is hard. I don't understand. Why was it that way? Oh, Lord, I, man. I am so convicted by that. Just, just like you're talking to him. If, if yeah, I mean, it, I don't, again, I use myself as an illustration, but if you've ever seen me read a book, right? I typically, especially a novel, I, I pace. I don't sit, I pace, I walk, and I just talk out loud. What, what's going on? Wait, why are you doing that? What? No, no, don't open the door. Like, and I just, I just go, I just have this back and forth conversation with the book, right? Or when I'm watching television, same thing. So when it's the Bible, I do the same thing with the text. I'm like, wait, no, no, Moses, what do you think? No, 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 don't do that. Jonah, what are you, Jonah? Okay, whatever the case may be, I do a lot of that. But I try to then just immediately after I'm talking out loud, you know, talk to God and say, Jonah didn't want to do what you you want. I, I, I don't ever want to do what you want. I mean, that's basically me every single day. I want to do what I want. Like whatever the case may be, I just speak to God. So just as you're reading, just be talking to God about it. This is not about notes. This is not about understanding. This is not about analysis. This is just reading and well, talking to God in regards to it, all right? So your first reading, let's go through them. Reading number one, read through the book in one sitting. Number two, read through the book rapidly. Number three, read through the book without referring to any commentaries and a Bible that has no notes or markings. Next, read through the book prayerfully, all right? We got we to speed things up, all right? That's reading number one. Reading number two. Grab your notebook, grab your pencil. Reading number two, you're going to read through the book a second time. Now, as you read through the book, you're going to read with a notebook and a pencil in hand. And as you begin reading this time, they'll begin taking notes and making observations on what you are reading. As you read through the book, you write down your impressions and the important facts you discover. Now, listen to me. I got to make this simple because so many people get so confused here and everything begins to fall apart. I want you to imagine that you've launched the drone, right, over this new world you've entered into. All you're doing is watching the drone footage and just making ops. You're just writing down basic observations. This is not about stopping and going to go look up this and wait, where's my Bible dictionary? Wait, where's that commentary? Wait, where's this? No, 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 no. You read and write, read and write. You're writing down observations, not interpretations, not analysis, observation. Okay. As you're reading, you, I'm not going to make you like try to look for these things, but I want you to be on the lookout 
for these things. In other words, I don't want you to like, I gotta, I gotta read this very carefully and find these things. No, I just want you like, as you're kind of watching the drone fly over, you just, oh, wait, 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 I see it. I see one right there. I see one right there. But you're just, you're just re- reading through it. And whenever you find these things, you will make note of them. Are you ready? I'm going to go through these quickly, all right? Because there's a number of them, all right? You're going to look for the, you're just going to be on the lookout for these things. You're not going to stop to try to specifically find them. You're just going to be on the lookout. That means you're going to miss a lot of this and that's okay. It's perfectly okay to miss this. You're just reading through the book again. Now this time you're on the lookout for it. You've already read the book once. Now you're just going to read it through and you're going to, you're going to look at it. You're going to look for these or not look for these things. You're going to be on the lookout for these things. The, the category, as you're reading the book, wait, is this history? Is this poetry? Is this prophecy? Is this law? Is this biography? Is, is this a letter? Is this a narrative? Just write down a basic observation of what you're noticing as you're reading. You're, what is, what, what am I reading? Oh, you know, this, this is, I don't know what this is. I'm confused by it. Or, or, oh, this, this is a beautiful story. Or, whoa, this is, this is a, what just, you just, what kind of category would you put it in? Just very basic observation. Just very basic observation. I want you, as you're reading, just write down your impressions. What is the, what is the impression you get from the book? What, what do you think the purpose of the book is? What, what, what feel do you get from reading it? Just, just write down your impressions. You can be honest. It's okay to be honest. Boring. Now, I hate that word, and that word has never been used once because I've never been bored for one second in my life. But if you've ever been bored, you, boring or difficult or confusing or convicting or encouraging, just write down your first impressions. Just write down your first impressions. What? Just anything. You're like, I did, and everyone always will contact well, anytime anyone tries to do this. I just don't know what to write. What do you mean you don't know what to write? It's your impressions. <laughs> okay. There's not a wrong or right answer here. You're just writing down your impressions. Everyone, a lot of people should love this method because there's a lot of just, just it's relaxed. But people get all like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You're, you're not going to be expelled from college if you don't get this right. It's fun. You just you just read it. Now you're reading it a second time. What are you looking for? The category. You're just on the lookout for the category. What are you looking for? Your first impressions. Number three, keywords. What is, are some of the significant words the writer uses? What words are repeated the most? What words... Is he emphasizing? Just be on the lookout for words. You're like, ooh, that's an interesting word. You may not even know why you're writing it down. That's an interesting word. And just make sure you write down the word and the reference where the word is found, right? Ooh, that, I think I've, I've heard that same phrase now 15 times. Obviously, that's important. Write down each place it occurs. It's very simple. Just the key words. Next, a key verse. What seems to be the key verse of any? What, uh, um, what ideas or phrases are repeated that may show uh, his main thought? All right. So just the key verse, main thing, just the key verse. There's more. I could, I could break this down a little bit more. Just the key verse. As you're reading, you may like, whoa. Now remember, this is your second time reading it. So the first time you may think, oh, that's the key verse, but you're not really thinking about it the first time because you're not really thinking about it, but your mind may have. But here you may go, whoa, second time. I think that's the key verse. Now you don't have to be trying to find it. Don't go, I got to find the key verse. Shh, kids, be quiet. I'm trying to find the key verse. No, kids, make noise. They're not supposed to be looking for the key verse. 
They're just supposed to go, oh, I think that's it. I think that's a key verse to me right now. Just write it down. It's not that you're searching for it. You're just reading, going, oh, oh, I'm looking, oh, I think that's the key verse. Okay, all right, good, good, write it down. You may be 157% wrong. That's okay. It's okay, right? Next, style. Does the writer use figurative speech? Is he using a logical argument? Is a book a rebuke? Is it encouraging? Just, just, Anything about the style of the book, anything, just anything that kind of jumps out about the style of the book. I know some of you, you're saying, this is kind of vague. It's supposed to be. Please know, you can write down any observation you have. When you read through this time, you can just write down any observation you have, any observation, any observation. But I'm just giving you some observations to at least be on the lookout for. All right, style. Next, emotional tone. Is the writer angry? Is, is the writer sad? Is the writer happy? Is the writer worried? Is he excited? Is he depressed? Is he calm like me? How do you think the hearers felt when they received the writing? And this is important. How does the book make you feel? Now, your feelings about the book do not determine the truth of the book, but I want you to be in touch with the feelings the book gives you. There are books, and I know you're not supposed to say this, there are some books in the Bible that make me so angry. I'm like, this is so messed up. What's going on? I know I'm not supposed to say that, but to deny the feeling is look, you can't gain any over understanding of the book if you can't even acknowledge your own feelings about it. You've got to know your own feelings about it because that may greatly hinder your ability to interpret it. Right? Come on, you know this. If you have strong feelings for someone, whether good or whether bad, if your feelings are strong and the positive, you may see them do something and go, well, you know, I don't think they were really doing that. I don't think they were really thinking that. You're, you're Hopefully, you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt because you have positive feelings. If you have negative feelings, you're going to be like, it doesn't matter what they do. Oh, I know what they were up to. They were up to no good. It, 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 it clouds your ability to properly interpret the actions of someone. Well, if you have strong feelings about a book of the Bible, it can influence your feeling. It can strongly influence how you interpret the book. You've got to come, you've got to get in touch with those feelings. All right. So again, reading number two, you're looking for the cat, you're looking out, just looking out for the category, the first impressions, the keywords, the key verse, the style, the emotional tone. Next, main themes. Main themes. Do you see a main theme in the book? Are there more than one? Just what do you see a main thing? You don't have to go look for it. You're not looking for it. You're just looking out to see if it comes to your mind and if you see it. And then the structure of the book. Structure of the book. How is the book organized? How is the book organized? Is it organized around people, events, places, ideas, time spans? And then major people. Major people. Who are the major people in the book? Those are just things you're looking out for. This is reading number two, 
All right, I'll go through all of them one more time. Reading number two, you're just reading. No, no, no commentaries. You're not looking for these things. You're just reading and see if you've discovered them. The category. Number two, uh, the first impressions. Number three, the key words. Number four, key verse. Number five, styles. Number six, emotional tone. Number seven, main themes. Number eight, structure of the book. Number nine, major people. Right? Next, reading number three. This is all step one. Step one is all reading. Okay? Here's, so you've read it twice. Now you're going to read through the book the third time. And guess what you do the third time? Absolutely. You don't have a notebook. You don't even look for anything. Just read it. Literally. Don't look for anything. Don't even be thinking. Just read it. If this takes two or three sittings, you can you can read it slowly. You can read it quickly. You can break it up over four, five, six, seven, eight, ten days. I don't care. The third one, you just read it any way you want. Any way you want. This is reading it freestyle. Do whatever you want. Whatever you want, just read it. It's all you have to do. The third time. Nothing. You don't need to do anything. Just read it, right? Reading number four. Now, reading number four, you read through the book again, and now you're going to start, you're going to need a notebook. You're going to start trying to place the structure of the book on paper. Now, some books, when they talk about the book survey, and if you ever see a book survey, if you've ever read a, a book survey, in, in like an Old Testament survey or New Testament survey, in many cases, each book, they break down the contents of the book in some kind of chart. If you can build a chart on the structure of the book, be my guest. But I, what I have learned in trying to teach this, explaining how to develop the chart, okay, you need this, you need this, and then you need this column and this column, it becomes, it becomes just painful trying to teach it. So I don't teach necessarily how to create a chart. I will say this. If you want to create a chart on the structure of the book, this is your opportunity created any way you want. All I want you to do is get the, get the structure of the book on paper. You've got, you've, you've got the, 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 the contents here. I, how is it structured? And here's just the basic things you're going to do here, right? You're going to read through the book again. Now, this time you're just kind of reading through it, right? This one, you're just kind of, you're reading, but you're specifically reading, looking for certain things. All you're focused on in this reading is you're trying to find how the book is structured. So first, you're, you're just going to look for the major divisions of the book. Does the book have natural, clear divisions? Like if you start thinking of Genesis, right? If you think of Genesis, you can structure, you can outline the book really in two parts. Events, people. The book begins with the creation, the fall, the flood, the tower. Then after it focuses on events, it goes to people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, right? You could probably throw in some others there, right? But you get the idea. So you could structure the book, events, people. That's kind of a natural. You, If you think of Exodus, well, Israel and Egypt. Israel being delivered from Egypt. 
Israel and the wilderness. Some will break it down by focusing on Moses, right? Just breaking the book down, Moses, 40 years here, 40 years here, 40 years. I think it's broken down into, in, into different sections of 40 years of his life. There's different ways of breaking it down. Now, not all books do this, but you're, this is your fourth time reading through. This time you're reading through it and you're looking for, okay, how does, if I was to start breaking this book down, what would be the major divisions? The major divisions. Right? So there's, that's the first thing. You're just, you're going to write it on paper though. What are the major divisions? Next, you're going to go through the book. You're going to kind of reading it again. You're going to pay attention to every chapter and you're going to give every chapter a title. If your Bible gives the chapters titles, please try to ignore them. Okay? You're going to give titles. Now, this is important. If it's a longer book, Isaiah, Psalms. You can group chapters under one title. If you think these six chapters, like for, let's just say for Genesis, chapters one and two, creation. Chapters three, maybe you could go four. I don't know, can you go, well, you could go four, maybe even five. You could say the fall and its results. Six through what? Nine, the flood. Then you go at 10, 11, you could go tower. Uh, you, and then 12, Abraham. And you could probably group Abraham, a lot of, a lot of the chapters under there, right? You could, you could give them all the same title, maybe. But I think when you get to Abraham, you probably each title, each chapter, you would probably want to give a different one. But group them together when, it, when it's possible. All right, just because you're dealing with a lot, but you're trying to you're trying to break the book down. You've got the major divisions. Now you're going to look at each chapter, right? And you're going to give it a title. Now remember, when you give a chapter a title, you want to try to use as few words as possible. You want to use words that really create a picture in your mind that will help you visualize what the chapter is about and its contents. If you can take the words directly taken from the text and use words that have not been previously used as chapter titles in the study and uh, in, in the study of any other book you want all of your chapter titles to be unique because the more if they're you're unique from the rest of your life when you see that chapter someone says like you're you're hearing a sermon you know whatever mark chapter 2 boom you whatever title you've given it so you want to give every chapter a title however you can group chapters together if it seems to make sense. Don't do it just because you're lazy, but it makes sense. Like chapters one and two of Genesis, obviously you could call that creation. Three, obviously the fall, but four, you could call, well, three, you could say the fall. I guess four, you could call you know, Cain and Abel. You could say the results of the fall because chapter five has everyone dying, which is clearly the result of the fall. So you really could put, you could put three, four, and five as the fall and the results of the fall. You see, so if you can give a justification for grouping them together, that's okay. Six, the flood, and obviously seven, eight, I think nine, you, 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 could, you could probably have the, well, yeah, you can, you can break it down. You get the idea, all right? So reading number four, you're reading through, you're looking again at the major divisions. Then you're looking for the chapter titles, now, sometimes I would tell you to try to find a different, 
like one more way of dividing the book up. Some people then would tell you to look at the paragraphs, but not all translations have the things broken into paragraphs. Some modern translations do, but I don't want us to get confused. Major division, chapter titles. Here's the major division, here are the chapters, and here's the titles. Okay? Now, you could, well, I'm not, I, I'm not going to make it any more confusing, right? That, that, that pre- is pretty simple, straightforward. All right? So step one is read it, right? Now, I know you're looking at the time. You're like, man, he's going to go over an hour. I'm going to have to go a little bit over an hour, but we're just all, we're right at the end. So step one is reading. You're going to read it how many times? You're gonna, reading number one, no notebook, no pencils. You're just reading through it in one sitting. You know all the things. So there's reading number one. Then you have reading number two. You have reading number three. And you have reading number four. We've looked at all of those different readings, okay? Now remember, reading at three, you don't. You can just do it any way you want. The other reading one and reading two, they're specific things I'm, I'm trying to have you do. Reading three, it's completely up to you. Reading four, this is where you're reading, but you are looking for the major divisions. How is the book majorly divided? And then you're going to look at every chapter and give it a title. That's all step one. Step one is reading it four times and doing those things. Step two, you're ready to make a simple, 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 simple Do not overthink it, outline of the book. That's all you're going to do in step two. Just write down your outline of the book. You've kind of already done it. You've got your major divisions. You've got your chapters. All right, here's the major division. Here's the chapters that go in that division. Here's the chapter going in that division. Now, some books, you may have lots of major divisions. You may not, you may, you may be a little overwhelmed. It's okay. Doesn't care if it's sloppy. Don't care if it's messy. Because what you're trying to do is you're engaging the book's contents. Now, the only thing I would tell you in your outline, do not have interpretation. Any outline that contains an interpretation is a wrong outline. Outline is an observational tool. It's never been an interpretive tool. Okay, there you go. You just write out your outline. That's simple. Number three, write out questions and challenges you have. Just write them out. Don't under, write down the reference. Chapter four, verse two, no clue what's going on. But write down something specific like you don't understand. Just write out your questions and your confusion. Just write it out because that always gives you the ability to go look for that later on. Write out the basic lessons you got from the book. Just the basic lessons. Now, just the basic lessons that that you got. You've read the book how many times? Four times. Okay, I'm hoping at this point you, you got something from it. Just write out the basic lessons and then write out an application. What are you going to do based on because of the book that you've read? Make sure your application is personal, practical, possible, and measurable. Figure out what are you going to do now that you've read that book four times and you've outlined it and you've written down the things you don't understand and you've got some basic lessons. What are you going to do? Whatever you're going, you got to write out what you're going to do. It's got to be something personal. It's about you, not your husband, your kids, or, or, or me, okay? Personal, practical. It's got to be something practically you can do, something that's possible that can actually be done, and something that's measurable so that you can look back and go, eh, I, I did it. I did it. And you're done. You just completed a book survey method of Bible study. 
there you have it. So, the basic structure of the method is read, outline, question, lessons, application. There's your basic structure of the method. But in the step one in reading, it's broken down into reading it four times. That's usually the part where everyone gets confused. Wait, step one is actually four steps. No, it's the same step. You're just reading it, the same book, four different times trying to do four different things. The first one, you're reading through the book. And remember, the rules for the first reading are very simple. You read it in one sitting. Remember that? You read it in one sitting. Uh, Next, you uh, read through the book rapidly, ignoring chapter divisions. Next, you read through the book without referring to any commentaries or any notes, a, a Bible with no notes. Next, you read through it prayerfully. Reading number two, you read through the book with a notebook. And what you're not looking for these things, but you're looking out for things like category, first impressions, keywords, key verse, uh, style, uh, emotional tone, main themes, structure, and major people, right? Then reading number four, you read, but you're, uh, no, I'm sorry. Reading number three, that was reading number two. Reading number three, you just read it any way you want. No matter how long it takes you, you just read it again. Completely free. You're not taking, you're not doing anything. Then reading number four, you read it through and you're looking for, all you're focused on in reading in number four is structure and chapter titles. Then you write down your outline. That's step number two. Then you write out your questions and challenges. Then you write out your basic lessons. And then you write out your application. And you are done. Now, I don't know who's still listening. But I will give it about two minutes to answer any questions that anyone may have at this time. For those who are not listening live or you're listening live on a platform that doesn't have chat, email me. Newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and I will turn on this microphone and answer your question. Now, someone just said, thank you. That's all they said. That makes me very nervous because I think that's a nice way of saying, "Mm, that was garbage, but I'll say thank you. But I don't have any questions because... This is the worst Bible study method I've ever heard in my entire life, and you are a fool for even trying to teach it. Okay, that could be true, but I I was hoping someone would be like, well, wait a minute, what about this? What about that? But no, that's okay. I'm just going to assume that that thank you was genuine, that it was genuine, that it was was true and honest. Okay, because I can't think of the alternative, (laughs) that I don't like what I've just done. Okay, all right, now now I'm being overdramatic. Whew, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work trying to go through that method. That is so, you, you should hear trying to explain how to make the chart. All right. Okay. Someone says they're, they're wrapping their mind around it and it was genuine. Well, thank you so very much. That is, I very much appreciate that. That's very kind because, uh, yeah, that's, it's hard to work through. But if, uh, the person who's chatting, they may want the chart concept. If I can send them the chart concept uh, and the instructions, it's all just confusing to me. I'm like, wait, what? But I, I think the chart concept is based off the fact that you do the major divisions, then you do paragraph divisions, then you do chapter divisions. 
So your chart would have, here's the major divisions, here are the paragraphs, or no, here, I'm sorry, cha- or major division, chapter division, and then paragraph division. Obviously, the paragraph would come after the chapter. But uh, the only problem is you have to have a Bible that breaks it down into paragraphs. And like the King James doesn't. I, I don't believe the King James does, and that's what I primarily use. So, um, and then you have to chart that out. And some people love that. I think it's cool for those who can do it. I can't. I mean, I'm trying to me create a chart. I'd be like, what is going on? I'm just going to write it out. Here's, I can outline it all day. I can out, I can create a just your normal. Out, you give me anything, I can outline it. I love outlining. So that's no problem. I'm like, here we go. All right. Major divisions. We got four major divisions. That goes from chapter one to this, chapter two. Okay. Break it down. Boom. Here are the chapters. I'm going to give each chapter titles. Okay. Boom. I may group some of those chapters together. Now, somewhere in there, I may go from the major division to some kind of subdivision. I may start doing that. But I say, I didn't even tell you to try to break anything down in any subdivisions because the key is, the key here is just to get the overview, just to understand the structure. It's not to get lost in, in the weeds. It's not to get miss the forest because of the trees. This is about surveying, surveying, surveying. All right. So I'm going to reteach the method again. So I'll stop. All right. Thank you. If anybody else listening have questions, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Tonight, 7 p.m., Victory Baptist Church, Mark chapter 2, verse 26. We continue our never-ending journey through trying to answer all the problems in that verse. And, um, well, I need to eat lunch because it's 2.22 p.m., and I'm going to pass out. All right, so that's what I'm going to do. If you have any questions, email me. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, now you've learned two parts to what we're creating, the most comprehensive Bible study method ever. That is the book background, the book survey. You don't need to do anything right now. Just make sure you understand the methods because when we get to it and the Bible study exercises, we're going to be doing using these methods for books like Amos, Jonah, Micah. We're going to be using it for minor prophets, which is going to be perfect, perfect to you to try this out because they're short. That's great. All right. All right. Good. All right. Email me. Everyone have a great day. God bless.